This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to the debut episode of the SM Media Road to Cheltenham 2022. I'm Scott McPay, delighted to be your host as always and delighted to be back for the new season. We're joined as always by Callum McClurkin from the Scottish Daily Mail. Callum, welcome back. It's been a long time. How have you been? Yeah, a long time. I'm fine. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Cannot wait to get back into the, the groove of getting back focusing in Cheltenham. It's been a long break, obviously. We've, we've kind of done a wee spin off the horse racing show. We're doing a bit of the flat. What's been kind of keeping you busy, horse racing-wise, between Cheltenham and now? Eh, well, basically the flat season. Um, it's still quite enjoyable. Um, the Derby, Guineas, uh, the usual classics. Um, I think jumps just captures imagination a little bit more you know, than the flat. I think we've had some good, really good flats uh, performers, like Hurricane Lane, Addy, are good often for the really strong strong season of it. Um St. Mark's Basilica was obviously quite special for Ian O'Brien. He, he, he's probably going to be the next uh, leading light in the in the sires for, for Coolmore. So we've still got the Breeders' Cup next week and the Melbourne Cup uh, on the Monday morning. So, I mean, it's, it still keeps going. Um, and then, then into Dubai, Mida and stuff uh, for the March Winter Festival as well. Shima Classics and Saudi Cup. So, I mean, it's still, the global show is still going, which is, a good thing given um, what COVID problems we've had in the last 12, 18 months. Yeah, definitely. It's great just to have the, the jump racing back as well. Obviously, we're, the season's just getting started. We're going to be joined by the kind of guest, a special guest, Gavin Lynch. We're going to do a wee interview with Gavin talking about the upcoming season and obviously his Cheltenham memories and things like that. We're going to put Callum against Gavin in a wee Cheltenham quiz for last year, so we'll put Callum's knowledge to the test. Before we do that, though, we're just going to get a couple of wee storylines for this year. What is... What are you looking forward to this year at the jump season? Which obviously Cheltenham's a kind of big thing, but a couple of potential storylines that we could see this year that you yeah, you think would be worth noting. Yeah, I think some some certain horses coming back. Um, I think everyone's interested to know what way Envoy Allen will go. Will he come back to his best or or, or will he struggle? Um, I think it, can Henry de Bromhead <laughs> replicate his triple crown of, of Cheltenham last year. He certainly has the firepower to do it. Um, exciting novices coming through. Um, can the Brits really bounce back at the top table this year? Um, can some of the yards find, find some some genuine form? I don't know Nicky Henderson can have a, have a tough time of it last year trying to get a lot of stable stars fit. There seems to be a bit more bit more hope going into it this year. Um, Philip Hobbs seems to be in a bit bit of a revival, a bit, bit better form as well. Uh, Nigel Twist and Davis to start the season quite well. So I mean there is a bit a bit bit more optimism in the British the British side this year, I think. Yeah, definitely. It was obviously a tough year last year with the the kind of situations we had with kind of Gordon Elliott example. Is it is it good just to get kind of back to normal in that regard and hopefully we'll have fans this year and things like that. Is it good just to get back to hopefully a kind of normal routine that we're all used to? Yeah, it was nice to see in Cheltenham October meeting, you know, that there was fans there. Um, yeah. I think that Junk's fans kind of have more affection to a horse than than flat. You know, when you see a really good flat horse, you know, it's tend to sensibly put away for pedigree purposes and um, 
know, breeding and, and stuff like that. While while jumps, you know, you get to see them bumpers for a season, in novice hurlers, then maybe established hurlers, then go novice chasing, then go established chasing. They're with you for like sometimes good at least at least five six years, you know, rather than maybe two or three becoming the flat. So I think having fans back at places like you know Air for us, Scottish Grand National and, yeah. and Aintree and uh, Sandown, Kempton. And obviously Cheltenham is, is, is a big, big plus. Yeah, definitely. But we are going to get into more of that later on in the show. We're going to look through all working established hurdlers, chasers. We're going to do a full preview of the jump season coming up. But first of all, we're going to talk to the star of Up in the Ante and one of the best minds in horse racing. This is our interview with Gavin Lynch. So we are absolutely delighted to be joined by the star of Up in the Ante and one of the best minds in horse racing, Gavin Lynch. Gavin, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on our Road to Cheltenham series. Thank you very much for joining us. No problem, Scott and Callum. How are you? Yeah, no, no all good. Absolutely delighted Thanks. to be on, Callum. How excited are we to welcome Gavin on the show? Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. Um, big fan of his shows for the last few years. Um, certainly must follow. And I, I know uh, last year he got quite a lot of value and quite a lot of bad luck, a bit like myself. So. Um, yeah. Hoping for better this year. <laughs> you crossfires hit last year, all right. But uh, as I was just saying to you, I was in Scotland there the week before last playing golf. So I love Scotland. So yeah, keep going. Brilliant. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. We're going to just obviously chat, chat about the kind of upcoming season. But obviously, you've got a kind of love affair with Cheltenham, Gavin. Obviously, the, the memories are kind of real supreme. Your brother's horse, obviously, winning the, the RSE a few years ago. Just what does Cheltenham mean to you? I think it means a huge amount to every Irish person. Um, I don't think people maybe in uh, maybe they do because so many go over. But in 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 Britain, like I'd say, people really they have an idea of much Irish people love Cheltenham, but we absolutely adore it. The whole season is towards Cheltenham. It's the biggest four days of the year. I think it's it's better than any other four days if you include Augusta or you include the British Open golf. Or it's definitely my four days uh, favorite four days of sport of the year. Um, brilliant memories going back to things like. Like, I remember the 80s when Ireland won one race for the week. Uh, it was one year I think we won no race. Uh, I remember Don Run. I think my parents let me go home early from school that day to see the Gold Cup. Um, just some fantastic memories over the years. Uh, and now that Ireland are in the, in the ascendancy, it feels a bit different or a bit strange. But I don't think that'll last forever. But, um, yeah, Cheltenham means a huge amount of Irish people. Yeah, brilliant, definitely. Obviously, this year it's obviously going to be a, a big gear. Obviously, as you, as you say, the Irish are kind of dominating the scene. Is it? What's the kind of big storylines for you this year? Which can I spoke to spoke to Callum about this briefly at the start of the show? What's what are you kind of looking forward to this year on the jump season and obviously on the road to Cheltenham? I think that the novices every year are always the probably the most exciting because you just you don't know are they going to end up in gold cups and stuff later on in champion hurdles? But to see horses like Bob Ollinger and appreciate it going chasing, uh, they're two standouts. They're two of the easiest winners you'll ever see of the Supreme and the Ballymore. So it'll be very interesting when you see them going chasing. Uh, I see Vanillier, for example, the Bartlett winners out this weekend or two and a half miles. So it's all, the novices really are, are quite exciting. And then you've got the big race like the gold cup and champion chasing, champion hurdle. But I think novices are really, I think, what grab people's attention. Yeah, definitely. We're going to just obviously go into talking a bit about the, the kind of big races at the festival this year. The champion hurdle, obviously we saw how impressive Honeysuckle was last year. She's seven to four for this year's race already, which I'm probably, probably very short for a, a favourite at this stage of the, 
the year, but do we see anything, Gavin, being kind of close to Honeysuckle in the division this year? Not particularly. I mean, she's 12 from 12, I think, on the track. I looked at uh, the champion hurdle just the other day from last season and she absolutely bolted up. She won by six and a half lengths. So I don't know how anybody could argue that the ones behind her will turn the tables. So you're either looking at her or a new horse in the scene. Uh, you know, for her to be getting the seven pound allowance is, is a huge amount. So I can't see a gelding giving her seven pound and beating her. Um, you're looking at horses maybe like Echoes and Rain to step up. Um, you know, Settling was an issue, but they got that sorted by the end of the season. Won the Grade One in Punchstown. But uh, like, if Honeysuckle was three to one, we'd all have the mortgage on it, wouldn't we? It's just a price. Um, seven to four is the only thing that's putting people off. Uh, what was really in, uh, astounding last year was that I think she was fifteen to eight or seven to four the day before the race. Mm-hmm. And these new betting companies got involved, and the next thing she was odds on the morning of the race. So I found that to be quite amazing. Um, like years ago, she would have SP'd, I think, around seven to four. But obviously, the, the, the new computer betting companies, they thought she was an odds on shot, and that's where she went off. But like, if you go look at it again, sure, she absolutely hosed up, didn't she? If she was carrying, even if she didn't have the seven pound allowance, she still would have won easy. So it's only a price thing. As I said, if she was three to one, you'd have you'd be all in. Um, it's very hard to see her beat, isn't it? What do you think? Yeah, well, I'll go to Callum before I can have my say. But Callum, what's your obviously thoughts in the champion huddle this scene? Is it honeysuckle and kind of the rest kind of below? Yeah, it looks like that. Um, there was only 10 runners as well last year, which suggested that she was kind of an odds on shot um, that, that, scared, that would scare rivals away. Um, I think Nicky Henderson did a hard season last year. Maybe Epitant can be a bit better. Um, Shattered, but Gavin's right. She did bolt up, and she she does look very, very hard to beat. Um, I'm interested that Henry de Bromhead's going um sticking the hurdles with Aspire Tower and Colixios. Um, and that implies to me that they might run the champion hurdle, and they might guarantee that good pace that Honeysuckle wants, and and it just takes a speed edge off the likes of Shardzer and Epiton, who are probably still the two, the two main rivals in behind. So. I think maybe tactically, it's obviously you know a bit, bit ridiculous six months in advance to look at how tactically a champion hurdle could go. But just the fact that Aspartel seems to be staying over hurdles and and Quillicksaw says it, it just guarantees that that sounds true to my old pace that Honeysuckle you know really really thrives upon. So yeah, it's just it's just about really her getting there in, in one piece uh, and, and price sensitive at seventy four that could only put you off. I had the thought as well. See, obviously, the kind of Willie Mullins since the past few years has really been struggling for a, a kind of champion hurdle horse. Fernie Hollow's only had one run over hurdles and seems to be going chasing that. If Fernie Hollow was to maybe stay over hurdles, I could see him being potentially a threat. What do you think of that, Gavin? Could you see maybe Fernie Hollow or appreciate it potentially kind of challenging if they stayed over hurdles? Uh, you'd imagine Fernie Hollow would be the, the one because it'd beat appreciated in the bumper. Fernie Hollow obviously beat Bob Ollinger in Gorham Park that day. So, yeah, if Fernie Hollow went hurdling, um, now it's very hard to go from Maiden Hurdle and then show up in a Morgiana, for example. I don't think Willie would be in favour of that. So, he'd have to find uh, maybe a grade three or grade two for him to start off in. But, yeah, I did read a month ago that Willie said he's probably going over fences, which was a bit of a surprise to people. Um, but Fernie Hollow's got fantastic form. Um, again, Similar to Echoes and Rain, it took them a while. To, it took them a while to figure out the tactics. Eventually, they got a right in Fairy House. Then it won the Chelton Bumper, and then it won Gorham Park. So, he's definitely a top-class horse. Um, if he was going to the Champion Hurdle, yeah, he'd have a massive chance. But 
is he going chasing? And then if he goes chasing, where does appreciated go? Does appreciated end up in the two and a half against Bob Ollinger? So that'll that'll have a big bearing on the season. Yeah, definitely. But we're going to move on, obviously, and talk about about the Steers division. It was one obviously before in Port on the at Cheltenham last year, kind of made all for the front. Time Hill obviously didn't run, and we saw a kind of new star in classical dream go to three miles and win really well at Punchestown. What's your thoughts on that division this year, Gavin? Is there anything kind of catching your eye? I think Florian Porter is going to be slightly overpriced. Um, now he's he's as maybe as mad as a bag of cats, but he um, he showed that in Punchestown. You know he is definitely quirky. Uh, but Gavin Cromwell did say that he's much better going left-handed. Uh, he showed that in Navan when he bolted up. He showed it again at Christmas. A lot of people, including myself, thought because it was a slow time, maybe it was a bit of a fluke and he kicked off from the front. But he showed in Cheltenham that it wasn't. He's a very, very good horse. He's top class. I think he's eight or ten to one. That's probably fair enough. A classical dream. Is he going over hurdles or fences again? We don't know. I didn't hear, read anything about that. I don't know if you did. No, uh, I've not heard anything. That's, that's, a, that's a one I think we'll kind of be hearing about later on. I think it's it's probably, look, at, it's it's not a vintage era of staying hurdles just at the minute. Um but each way, Florian Porter, if he calms down a bit, uh, going back left-handed, I think you can discount the punches and run personally. Yeah, Gavin, uh, Carl, I'm sorry, what's your thoughts in the Steelers huddle division? Is Time Howell the best of the British? Uh, it looks like that. Um, uh, Philip Hodge has had quite an encouraging start to the season as well. He kind of struggled last year, I think, to get everyone fit. Um, Time Howell obviously missed the festival, so it, it came back one quite well at Aintree. Um, yeah, He's probably a leading light for the Brits at the moment. Classical dream. I did hear murmurings that he might be staying over hurdles. Was he not um, entered in a beginner's chase just before Christmas? Last year? He was last, last year. year. Yeah. yeah, last year. So yeah, I think well, that's... He might. Was... Uh, something I think everyone's waiting a, on a Willie Mullins stable too. And I think in the race of post, that'll be like a five or six parter, wouldn't it? Because he's, <laughs> so he's got so many options. Um, one that I would throw out at a price is, is Gallard de Menil, if he kept him over hurdles. Patrick Mullins did hint that a few weeks ago that they might keep him over hurdles. So I think that Ballymore form is looking really strong. Does he know was the last in it? He's came out and won two chases since for Kim Bailey. And you know, Bob Ollins is obviously an absolute monster and um, brave man's game. has certainly made a good transition to, to fences already. So if they keep Gellar doing over hurdles, 25 to 1 in him at the moment seems to be, it might be worth a a small poke but of course he, he could go over fences as well and that's a I think that looks another 50-50 decision Yeah it's going to be an interesting division to follow as well Shishkin was obviously the main the main attraction in the novice chase division at over two miles last year going up to kind of big company we like to Shaq Antoswat Energy Means obviously going to go there as well That this could be a stacked division Gavin obviously Shishkin's probably the leading contender but Energamine we didn't see the jewel we wanted Shaq Ampersois is there put the kettle on there's a lot of class in that division for this upcoming season Yeah it probably looks the race to meet at the moment we've said that a few times the last couple of years and then races have fallen apart like even recently a couple of years ago the champion hurdle fell apart Uh, the champion chase the year before last fell apart so hopefully they all get there Shaq Ampersois look brilliant again at Punchetown but I don't know. It'd have to be in the back of your mind that he didn't come up to Cheltenham Hill. Now, is it just the Cheltenham Hill? I don't know. Maybe he didn't travel, etc., over to, to to Britain. But uh, he was very, very disappointed. He looked to certainly come into the second last, or between the second last and the last. He was up the inside. He got the run of the race, and um, like you couldn't say for sure that he beat put the kettle on this year again. Do you know? So, um, Enrigamine looks top class. Is he quite as good going left-handed? He probably is. 
Uh, he probably won soft ground. Shishkin looks brilliant, not as good at entry. Uh, the tactics in the race are, are going to be interesting because Ener Gamin would want to lead. Uh, Shaq and Persuad showed a punch down. It prefers maybe to lead. So Willie probably won't get the two of them to take each other on. I think at five to one, I think Ener Gamin probably represents value. Shishkin, I think, is around what, seven to four. So yeah. for me, Ener Gamin maybe, but it's a brilliant race. Really, really. And the, the, the speed to go at in the champion chase, like, uh, if you miss one or two jumps, you're in serious bother. But they're all quite good. Um, they're decent jumpers solely. That doesn't come into it. But yeah, to me, at the moment, it's it's maybe the race of the festival. Callum, do you share these thoughts in the champion chase? Could we been for a, a box office race this year? I do, yeah. It looks like a fascinating race and hopefully they do all get there. Um, Energamine is probably a little bit big in, in relation to Shishkin. Uh, Darko a race that kind of largely cut up last year um, and Shishkin certainly wasn't as impressive as, as Aintree as, as he was maybe there was a, a lasting mark from from the article uh, with him but he, he does look like you know, a hybrid of Sprinter Saka and Altior a little bit Shishkin um, the, the way the way he operates um, the only thing good question is the genuine substance of his form I think he's going to restart in the Tingle Creek and he might bump into a lot like the likes of Grenatine there Um Maybe Willie Mullins will send uh, Energy Mean or Shaq and Persuade over just to split them up as well for the Tingle Creek. Like he, he did that with Underso uh, quite often. So I think the Tingle Creek's going to be a bit a bigger litmus test to Shishkin. Um, certainly, certainly going to be toughest in open company. So I, I wouldn't be steaming in at 64 he is right now, even, even though he does, he, he looks like he could be the next best thing. You know, Energy Mean could be the same profile. And the open company form, I think, is. There's a lot of rivals there that could still improve. I think Grenatine's got more improvement in him. Um, Nubi Negra is certainly overpriced at 25 to 1, given he was second last year and put the kettle on, just absolutely adores Cheltenham. So there's, there's plenty, of, plenty of contenders and plenty of traps for, for Shishkin if, if he does find the Tingle Creek a little bit hot. There was a there was talk of after the Ryanair, Alaho perhaps dropping down to two miles. It didn't work out at Punchestown, but Alaho could dominate that kind of intermediate division, Gavin. Do we think this is the kind of best thing to do with Alaho, or could we potentially maybe see them kind of trying a goal cup again, or given the kind of two mile a second chance? What's your thoughts on Alaho in that kind of intermediate division? Yeah, well, Willie has two for the championship, so he won't go there. I don't think any, he showed a punch to him, probably isn't quick enough. Uh, I'd say Willie will try three miles once more just to see, um, but it was a great performance in the Ryanair, so I'd imagine he'll go back there, but. Um, I'd say Willie will try three mile once more just to see. But his form generally in the first half of the season is not as good as the second half. So even if he gets beat in November, December, I wouldn't worry too much about Alaho. Callum, are you a fan of Alaho and do you think that's a division he could dominate? To just ask, do you think the King George could be an option as, as, as his three mile run for the season, Alaho? Yeah, maybe. Um, the only thing I'd say is that it's. I know Willie has won the King George before, but I just, it's probably too early in the season. Mm-hmm. Like Willie's record at Christmas, it's just not near as good as, say, at the end of January. I'd say if King George was in early February, maybe, yeah, but I think Christmas will come too soon. So I wouldn't say he'll go to the King George. Cool. Yeah. No, I just thought that that might be the easiest three miles and he tried it with foot pad, didn't he? Um, Possibly a time thing, that's all. Yeah. Ah, no, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I, I th- obviously, his Ryan here performance was a bit. Spectacular, wasn't it? Um, the, I'm interested in the jockey bookings. Is Rachel Blackmore going to ride him again? Um, 
that that might not happen. Paul Tenney was obviously min min's retired, so that relationship might might might, uh, might affect him slightly because he does seem to have his quirks at times. But uh, yeah, I think the Ryan Eric certainly has to lose, isn't it? I mean, how can it not be after after last time? I, I do wonder if if something will try and go with him a bit better earlier on this time. Maybe maybe apply a bit of pace pressure, but it looked like a thankless task on on that day as well. So. Yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more lukewarm about him than than most people. I don't think it's an automatic given that he's going to win it again. Rob, to the the kind of top division, the Gold Cup division. Obviously, we saw Manelando win that really well last year. I like Saku Tarder there. We thought we were going to get Monkfish. Obviously, he's been ruled out for the season. We're yet to find out if Envoy ends back to his best. We'll get more of that knowledge at the weekend. Gavin, the Gold Cup. If you had an early pick for the Gold Cup, what would it be? Uh, I was chatting to, to Geno, David, there a week or two ago for things the race of host, and I said that I thought 6-1 to one Manila Indo and 10-1 uh, Blue Tard were too big. I see they're 5-1 to one and 8-1 to one there now. Like, they set a very, very high standard um, to go and beat uh, Album Photo and the three of them were well clear. Like, for somebody to come, a new kid on the block, to beat that will take a very, very good horse. Now, it's possible. Uh, they're not the greatest three-mile chasers we've ever seen, but just Manila Indo loves Cheltenham. He loves March. He seems to improve at that time of year. Uh, he's due to run this weekend, even if he got beat. Now, I think he's even money for this weekend, but even if he got beat, I wouldn't worry too much. Um, you know, you've got Eklat de Rear won okay the other day in Gorham, or sorry, in Wexford. Uh, Escort de Rame is probably overpriced at 40s. Is Chantry House going to stay at three mile two? There's lots of questions, but I think I've had no bet in the race and I probably won't for, for a good while, but I think that the the first and second favourites, they set a very, very good standard. And the other thing is, with Gold Cup winners, you have to keep an eye on their age. And Manel Indo, I think, is turning nine, and Aplutard is turning eight. Uh, there was only a length of quarter, I think, between them. So that's only literally, you know, a jump here and there. Um, so I think they set a very high standard. And, you know, for some of the others to come along, whether it be a Galvin or a latest exhibition, et cetera, et cetera, geez, they, they, they'd, want to, they'd certainly want to improve a little bit to get to their standard. Envoy Allen's an interesting one. Obviously, we with a lot of high hopes. You were talking about how he was maybe one of the best horses I've ever seen. He obviously had a disappointing end to the season. Do we think he can bounce back to what, what we thought he could be? I hope so. I love the horse. He's my favourite horse the last few years. Uh, compared to the, the Carl Cup time on the day, which you can compare all the Ballymore winners with, it's the same trip. It's only run usually 40 minutes later or whatever, um, within an hour or two. And... Uh, Envoy Allen had the fastest time for the last 15 years compared to that day's Carl Cup winner. So to me, he was top class. To win a Royal Bond, to win a Ballymore, to win the bumper, he just, even the way Gordon spoke about him, even more recently since he's lost him, um, the sleepless nights he had about him. Like he, Gordon doesn't talk up his horses too much, but when, when he talks like that about Envoy Allen, um, he certainly adored him. I just would always worry about National Hunt horses coming back from injury. Um, it never really, eight times out of 10, they don't come back as good as they were, you know. So I, I'd really worry that he's as good as he was. But look, at I think it was a hock injury. Somebody said, maybe that's not correct. I'm not sure. But um, I wonder, will he end up staying the Gold Cup trip or could he end up maybe in a Ryanair? Um, time will tell. He will be tried over three mile. This weekend's race, the two and a half mile second season, obviously is the perfect race for him. Um, he's won round, he won his beginner's chase uh, in down Royal. So, um, 
he should win. I'd love to see him back, but I just would have a niggly doubt that I just hope he's as good as he was. Callum, you were the president of the Monkfish fan club last year. You were talking, even last year, you were saying he was going to win this year's Gold Cup. How disappointing is it that you're, you're not going to see Monkfish and what's your kind of thoughts in that division? Uh, gutted that he's not going to be there because he, he was obvious novice that you know you think he was going to compete at, at the Gold Cup division this year and maybe bridge a gap. But Gavin's certainly right. Manila Indo and Apotal did run to a really, really high level. Um, to put Alban Photo away, a dual Gold Cup winner quite comfortably um, was, was, was a really good performance. I mean, I was on Manila Indo anti post at 16 to 1 and, and largely gave up because of his form uh, over the season. but from a, from a mile in, I thought he looked like the winner a long, long way out that day. Um, he just enjoyed the best trip and he was in the best rhythm all the time. Envoy Allen, uh, sorry, uh, Aplutar did a little bit of scrimmaging with Alvin Foto in behind and Miniland was away and gone. Um, Aplutar could turn the form around. Um, he's a year younger and I don't think he got the best the best trip in the world either that day. I think Miniland was at a better rhythm. Um, I think now Monkfish is out, I think we'll probably see more of Alban Photo than we have before in terms of his prep for the Gold Cup. He might be more aggressively campaigned by William Williams. So that, that that might bring bring out a bit more sharpness in him as well. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't categorically rule him out, even though age seems to be going against him slightly. And Chantry House, it's dubious whether he gets three miles, but I just think his effort in the mask, seen the left a little mark and Aintree a bit like Shishkin did, and I think I'd be happy enough to forgive him. And he largely missed the first half of the season due to niggling back. It was tight, wasn't it? Um, I actually thought he would have held on. Although a lot of people thought Espar Romy would have beaten, but I do think he might might have had enough class to, to win. But it was it was very hard to tell. It's, it's a long straight entry, isn't it? Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of good tell. I mean, Galvin be interested if he runs he runs Saturday as well along with Delta work. If, if those two can kind of get back to to some form and then they might be players so yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting division but I, I definitely agree Manila Indo and Apolitar certainly set a, quite a daunting standard for the rest to catch Brilliant Gavin we've opened the, the floor up to some fans who are going to ask a couple of questions would you be alright taking them yeah? Yeah no problem yeah Brilliant the first question I've got here is from Sam Toggle what was your first anti-post bet of the Cheltenham Festival 2022? First anti-post bet. But, uh, I think I did a double. Um, appreciate it to win the article and Bob Ollinger to win the Marsh. I can't remember. Uh, maybe two four to ones or something, but just to do a double. Uh, so happy with that, except when I read about Fernie Hollow. So that's a bit of a, a little niggly one because if, if he didn't show up over fences for the Arkle when because he's obviously beaten the two of them already so he's he's definitely as good or better than them so if he didn't go chasing I'd be happy with that bet but I think that was the first one This is another one as well from Mark Smith does Gavin think Mrs Milner has the improvement to be a Stairs Hurdle contender this season? Look at the Stairs Hurdle is not a top division is it? You know Floating Porter is a very very good horse but is he beatable? Yes he's last year's champion uh, Mrs Milner she bolted up in the what was it the pretemps final. Um, she still has a little bit to improve to get to the ratings. You know, you need to get to say 160. She won quite well in, in Limerick on her return, but yeah, she's absolutely open to loads of improvement. Um, she showed that she likes Cheltenham a couple of times. Um, so why not? Would I back her? Yeah, probably not, but um, 
she'd have to have an each way chance, yeah. And the final question, what would be your thoughts on a five-day festival? Do you think it would dilute the quality of the racing at the one show? I think it's inevitable. So, you know, whether a diehards, you know, there was a lot of uh, Ferrari, but changed from three days to four days. And sure now it's like totally normal. Uh, it's going to happen. Um, we'll just have to get used to it. It'll probably end up being, say, six races a day for a while. I don't know whether they'll ever get to five by seven, but... 30 races, so we've 28 at the moment, so they'll probably bring back in maybe the novice handicap chase that they took out on maybe a veterans race or something, but uh, I think it's inevitable. So look at it, it's going to be another day off work, isn't it? So I don't... <laughs> Definitely. Callum, what was your thoughts on that? I know we had a week in a conversation about that, like in our last series, but it's, it is inevitable. The one thing that's getting me when they were speaking about it during the summer was they're going to keep the Gold Cup on the Friday if they were going to go to a Saturday. That's a strange, that would be a strange decision. But what would your thoughts be on that? Uh, yeah, I suppose you could make it Saturday just to add more revenue, isn't it? I mean, also I think COVID's got a bit of a part to play. I think it, it does... I think racecourse is just desperate for short-term income from somewhere, as as is almost every walk of life at the moment. And putting more races on the short term is, is going to do that at, at a festival like Cheltenham. Um, as, as long as the calendar doesn't stay as long as the, the races and the calendar doesn't move about too much and be open for it but there is a sense of inevitability that it will be five days i'd rather it's kept at four and i do think you can get a bit of fatigue going into the tail end of friday but yeah i'm open to open to any suggestion really to to improve the calendar so if, if it's a five-day challenge then that's fine as long as it doesn't affect the races too much and it's, it's, it's hard enough to find the right horse going to the right race at the moment yeah, definitely. Final question for Gavin. Would Britain benefit from a Dublin Racing Festival equivalent at the end of January, perhaps beginning of February? Yeah, it probably would. Uh, the thing that would worry me uh, a little bit is uh, I just hope trainers don't start avoiding Cheltenham. Um, we've seen it a little bit last year, the year before. That, you know, if you've got what you think is in your head is a grade one horse, might be a grade two horse, uh, do you want to keep it for entry? The prize money is quite good in entry. So I just hope that, you know, trainers and owners don't start avoiding uh, Cheltenham. To answer your question, it couldn't do any harm. Um, the Dublin Racing Festival fits in quite well with, you know, it's, say, five weeks roughly after Christmas. It's six weeks before Cheltenham. Uh, a lot of the big trainers, say Gordon and, and Henry and Willie, they do, uh, they do like it. The stats on the Dublin Racing Festival haven't always been brilliant in terms of Cheltenham. A couple of years ago, they weren't good. Last year, they were a bit, they were a bit better. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's good. Uh, they basically condensed, say, three meetings into into one weekend. So, I think it's a good idea. But for Britain to have something similar, is that going to make a huge difference? I wouldn't say it'd make a huge difference. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it'd do any harm either. So we're going to finish up this wee chat with Gavin by putting Gavin and Callum on the spot in a wee twenty twenty Cheltenham Festival quiz. So we're going to obviously stick to last year. We've got one wee question that we can, uh, maybe you need to go back a few years to get the answers, but eight questions. There's 10 points up for grabs and I've prepared for a tiebreaker if we need it. I think we will need it because I'm expecting both guys to get 10 out of 10 with uh, adequate racing knowledge that they both have. So we'll start with the first question. What fence did Envoy Allen fall in the Mars Novices chase? You can play along at home as well. So we'll give you guys a couple of seconds there with that, to put their answer down. We good? Yeah. Go for it, yeah. Second, second question. Who finished second in the 2021 champion chase? 
Third question, what age was Vintage Clouds the winner of the Ultima Handicap Chase? Question four. Alaho was Willie Mullins' fourth winner of the Ryanair Chase. You've got a point each if you can name his other three. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> oh. Uh, I can never remember any of these things, honestly. Oh, my God. It's probably the most obvious one that you forget as well. <sighs> no, I've only got one. Uh, right. We'll come back to where you want. It. We'll come back to that at the end. You can obviously we can yeah. put, do the questions and then well, we'll obviously we'll give you a minute just to kind of fill in any of answers. If you need any questions asked, we can go through them again. Fifth question: What SP did the Boodles winner Jeff Kidder go off on the day? Actually, I think I've got the three uh, Ryanair winners. Not so bad. I'm not as thick as I thought I was. Very good. Not question six. Who was the top owner at the 2021 Cheltenham Festival? Owner. It's usually him, isn't it? A or B. We'll move on to question seven. Who rode Mrs. Milner to victory in the Potemps final? Sorry, I remember that. Uh... That's not you looking at a laptop, is it? <laughs> what are you writing down? Wish it was. <laughs> and the final question, question eight. What race did Gold Cup winner Manila Indo finish second in in 2020? Callum's taking his time there. I thought Callum would have got that straight away. Don't get held it right. Repeat it, please. Yep. What race did Gold Cup winner Manila Indo finish second in the 2020 Cheltenham Festival? Yeah. Have we all nice. got 10 answers written down? Eight. Oh, 10, yeah. Uh, Callum, are you all good? Do you need any questions right, reading, read back to them? I don't think so. No. We'll go with question one. What fence did Envoy Alene fall in the Mars Novices chase? Three, two, fourth. one. Fourth. fourth. It was the fourth. It was the fourth. That's one point each. Second question. Who finished second in the Queen Mother Champion chase? Nubi Negra. Nubi Negra, yeah. It was Nubi Negra. Two out of two. I'm telling you, this is 10 out of 10. I've got my tiebreaker ready. What age was Vintage Clouds the winner of the Ultima Handicap Chase? I'm going to say 11, but it's wrong. Okay. It was 11. Gavin goes in front with a 3-2 lead. It was 11. It's terrible because I'm back to him. <laughs> Question four. Alaho was Willie Mullins' fourth winner of the Ryanair Chase. Can you name his other three? I'll go with Gavin first. Can you name his three? Uh, Vatour Min and Undersaw. Yeah. You got them? Vatour Min and Undersaw. Yeah. Very good. 
Question five. What SP did Boodles winner Jeff Kidder go off at? Both of you at the same time. 66 to one. It was 80 to one. Callum, Callum goes level. It's now five, It's now four each. Ten out of ten's out of the window, but I'm still thinking there's a tiebreaker. Who was the top owner at the 2021 Cheltenham Festival? I had just go JP McManus. I don't know whether to say JP or Cheveley Park, and I can't decide which one to say. But uh, uh, I'd say JP. It was Cheveley Park with three. Oh. So we're still level. Question seven Who rode Mrs. Milner to victory in the Pertemps final? Brian Cooper. Brian Cooper. It was Brian Cooper. Telling you this tiebreaker's coming. That's a great tiebreaker, by the way. I spent a lot of time getting into this. Question eight, the final question. What race did Gold Cup winner Manila Indo finish second in 2020? Festival Chase. RSA. It was the RSA, yeah. Then the RSA Festival Novices Chase, Brown Advisory now. We're level with six each, so we are going to get into a tiebreaker. Now, obviously, we're going to, this is going to be closest to, because it's a big number, and Lens, can you name the combined winning distance of all 28 races at the 2021 Cheltenham Festival? One second. And Lens. Oh, dear. I'm in trouble here. Can <laughs> Everyone's trying to do maths. Yeah. I was, if I was smart. I, I'd get Callum to say a figure and then say higher or lower. <laughs> but I won't. Right. I won't. Price is right style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've roughly got. It. Right, we'll go to Gavin first. Gavin, what was your answer? Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, One second. Going to go with 170. Callum, what you got? Jamie, 168, I had. It's 150, so Callum wins the quiz. Uh, well done, so, Callum. 28 times 6, 6 length, 168. Yeah, well done. Brilliant, but it was an absolute, it was an absolute joy to do that quiz. Gavin, obviously, up in the ante starts very shortly. When can we expect up in the ante to, to kick off this year? Uh, Tuesday the 9th of uh, November so looking forward to that so yeah uh, keeping a bit of manners on Dave yeah sure it should be a bit of fun yeah brilliant but we, we can only say thank you very much for coming on the show it's been an absolute pleasure to have you thank you very much for joining us and we'll have a game of golf in Scotland someday maybe definitely we're looking forward yeah. to it thanks very much Gavin really appreciate it And that was our interview with Gavin Lynch. That was an absolute pleasure to do. We thoroughly enjoyed that. But we are going to keep the show on the road. We are going to talk about, about the, some horses to follow in the Novice Hurdlers and Novice Chasers division. Novice Hurdlers, we've got a few. Obviously, we saw last year in the bumper division, likes of Kilcrutz or Gerhard, obviously two big ones. Callum, what are the horses you're looking forward to in that Novice Hurdle division this season? In the champion bumper, this seems to be the natural place to, to go, isn't it? Um... Kilcrute and Sir Gerhard. So just I think the initial uh, opinion is that Kilcrute might be more of a Balmore type and Sir Gerhard might be might be more of a supreme type. Um I thought three strike life as well ran a really good race and fourth. Again, he could be more of a, a Balamore type. Um 
think there has been subsequent winners quite low down the champion bumper already, so it, it is shaping up to quite a strong renewal. Um, the emphasis on speed helped Sir Gerhard, I think, and he's, he's better positioned at Cheltenham to win. Um, that form did get reversed around at Punchestown. Um, given the proximity of O'Toole to them, maybe the champion bumper did leave a little bit of a mark on both, so yeah. I would probably rather take the champion bumper form as, as, as gospel more than the Punchestown form with a view to next year's Cheltenham Festival. There's certainly others in there. Um, I'd expect Nicky Henderson to have a, a much better season. He didn't really have Britain really didn't have a Norwich hurdle to speak of that at the Gentle Festival. Um, I think Aya Maximus is interesting. Obviously, beat my Drogo of Dan Skelton's in a bumper. Had niggly problems since and didn't run. He was meant to run at Aintree, I think, in that bumper, but too many setbacks. Um, he could be a two-miler or a two-and-a-half-miler. There's plenty of John Bono as well for that yard. It's obviously got brilliant connections to the likes of Duva and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's he's already like eight to one, um, so his reputation's already kind of preceding him a little bit. It's just a word of caution on him. Um, well, here last year we were like talking about Flint or Sacra, really trying to maybe be he was quite similar. Um, but we lofty lofty connections and it didn't quite go right. So I'm a bit apprehensive taking eights about John Bond, but it could be it could be the proverbial anything. Um, Dart Raven is also one that catches the eye for Willie Mullins. At that trip, Balco Coastal's another one for Nicky Henderson that does look like a two-miler. Um, Go Dante did well for Ollie Murphy uh, at Chepstow this week. He looked quite good um, in Grand Jury. Um, Rob Coor, Rob Coor and um, Henry de Bromheads might be their two-mile uh, novice hurdler for the season. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's the ones of kind of the the long shortlist at the moment of of, of, of supreme contenders anyway. Yeah, I've got a few written down as well. Obviously, Journey With Me was one that I spoke about last, just before yeah. we, we kind of done the last show last year. Same, obviously, profile as Bob Ollinger. Won the same bumper, the point-to-point bumper race as a point-to-point winner. Same owner, same connections. A lot of talk out in the yard about how good this horse is. The one thing I would say about Journey With Me compared to Bob Ollinger is the talk seems to be that Journey With Me is more of a stare. Whereas we saw Bob Ollinger was more of kind of it, it gears, could potentially, obviously we saw his maiden hurdle was a, a two mile against uh, Fernie Hollow. Mm-hmm. So I would say Johnny with me is probably more of a stare. I think they're going to start him over two five. So I would say potentially Ballymore and keep an eye for the Bartlett. I'm not, I think Ballymore would obviously be the, the preferred option. I think they'd want to go the same kind of journey as Bob Ollinger. The three Chibley horses that they've bought, obviously, Classic Gateway, Grangeclare West, Gilly Billy. There's three horses there, and I don't think any of them are going to go over bumpers. I think they're all going to go over hurdles. It's There seems to be the chat coming out of the, the yards. We've not heard much in Classic Gateway and Grangeclare West, but the chat with Gilly Billy is he's certainly going to be over hurdles. Any of them kind of catching your eye this year, the, the Chibley horses? Yeah, I think Gilly Billy's coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, down Royal. Yeah. Uh, He's probably one to keep an eye on. In terms of Ballymore, I've journey with me down as a Ballymore horse purely because of the, the Bob Ollinger background. But yeah, while Bob Ollinger looks like he's got the pace for two miles, you would assume that journey with me, which he won in a complete bog as well, that, that he would have endless amounts of stamina. He, he might be more of a three miler. There's a bit more prestige about the Ballymore though, so they might stick to two and a half with him. Um, Dice up Dynamo as well. Looks like yeah. a two and a half miler of, of Willie Mullins. Is, 
he's got good bum perform as well. I think he's he's probably quite smart. And um, Doddy the Great of Nicky Henderson's as well. Looks like a two and a half, three miler type. Um, I quite like his attitude when he won bumpers at Huntingdon and Ludlow. And I'm just weary. Henderson actually managed to get two runs into him last season, which was quite an achievement last year, given, I think, a lot of well-documented kind of issues behind the scenes there of, of getting horses fit. COVID kind of hit them hard. So yeah, I, I do quite like the way he does it. And the biggest story for the Doddy Weir Foundation, won by Kenny Alexander, to, yeah, to have, a good, have a good horse here. Like, he certainly looks like a graded operator. And I'd imagine he'd start at two and a half miles. Yeah, there's a good bumper horse as well for last year that I've uh, wrote about in my 10 horses to follow for this year. Let's be clear about it for Gavin Cromwell. Mm. It's a really good kind of profile with kind of staying hurdlers. Obviously won the, the two, the novice, the Albert Barlett and won the stairs last year with two horses. Let's be clear about it last year. Looks to be screaming for a trip and I think he could be a three-mile competitor in that division. I think he's screaming out for that sort of distance. Yeah, yeah I'll only get two down really. Um, supposed to classic down on Saturday. It's of Elliot's, it's Hollow Games and Jerry Colomb. Yeah. Three miles. Jerry Colomb in 51 is particularly big because he, he certainly does look like an out and out three miler minimum kind of horse. Uh, I think Rob Coor has probably looked at Grand Jury for the Supreme. Um, journey with me, Ballymore, maybe Jerry Colomb, Albert Bartlett. Obviously, it can, can change dramatically from, from now to Cheltenham yeah. anyway, if they all get there, even in the first place. But uh, in Hollow Games, I think the horse that's just got more, a lot more to offer. don't think they saw the best of him even last year, really. Um, those are two that have caught my eye at, at staying trips. Yeah. I've got one for the. I've got one that I can. I would quite like to get your thoughts on a horse for Willie Mullins called Habrisco, but we'll do that in the kind of five horses to follow. There's a one coming out of the yard. I know Kevin Blake was very bullish about Eric Bloodaxe. He was a really good bumper winner a couple of years ago, and kind of went didn't really go to plan last year. He could be one to follow if he's back to any sort of form. Yeah, uh, Joseph O'Brien's yard. I just wonder if 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 that yard are, are, are now primarily focusing the flat stuff now. Yeah. Given he's out in Australia, nice. <laughs> winning Group Ones there, I, I don't really know how much focus the, the jumps going to get. I thought I'd expect like at least one decent kind of triumph horse to emerge, and never really got it. I mean, I suppose Bustleton showed a couple of things, and yeah. They have started start the season reasonably well. They will have a couple of decent handicap chances, and I just just wonder if if it's if they are kind of more flat orientated than, than jump orientated at, at this at this moment in time in the season, particularly. Yeah, I've got one for the triumph that we'll touch on in a wee minute about uh, Joseph O'Brien. So I'm keen to get your thoughts on that. Novice chasers, obviously, last year we had a, a kind of stacked division in all departments. The likes of uh, Shishkin, Monkfish. Envoy Allen, obviously, before Cheltenham, and then right to Enigamine with just a stacked division, Galvin. There was just a, a lot of horses to talk about. This year, we have a lot of really good hurdlers who look to be going chasing. We'll start with a two-mile division with Appreciated, the Supreme winner. He looks to be the real deal. He does. Um, there's three-mile point-to-point background, and his age suggests he, he screams everything about three miles, and... Yeah. I've always been keen to take him on. I don't think he'll ever learn the lesson. Stop. Um, probably take him on the Arkle if he stays there. Um, and if he goes to the 
If he goes to the Marshall, probably take him on with Bob Owens. Can, I, can anyway, I present so. you a question right now? Can you imagine in March sitting on the Thursday Thursday afternoon, and um, we've got appreciate it, Bob Ollinger and my Drogo all line up in the Marsh? It's a dream. Uh, I hope, I hope it happens. And... I hope it happens. That would be some race, but appreciate it. We, we spoke about it earlier in the week. Appreciate it. They've they've stuck to two mile over hurdles in a a kind of boss that division. We all we thought he would go to the. In a normal year, obviously, we'd go to a, a Ballymore, maybe even a Bartlett, but they're going to probably stick at that division for the time being, aren't they? There's no point probably changing unless he gets beat. No, I don't think he'd change a winning formula now. Um, stay to two miles until he, until he gets beat or shapes that he, he really does need further. Um, the Supreme that he won cut, but you can only beat what's in front of you, really. Um, he's done that with authority and... Even if you want to crowd the form in behind, the times that he's putting in are, are exceptional. Yeah. Um, certainly not slow. I mean, you thought of oh, opening day, thinking oh, the ground's going to be soft, he's going to do well to, to post a, a time anyway, the four minute mark, and he, he did it quite, quite, quite well. So, yeah, he's he, every, everything he does is just completely effortless at the moment. Um, whether some catch up with him in terms of maturity, uh, I, I don't know, but. Yeah, any he's, he's one of those horses where you can really put him in any environment and he'll handle it really well. Yeah, there's a lot of obviously we're going to do a full recap next week of the horses that's kind of caught our eye from kind of last year to this year. The anything in the Arkle kind of betting that's potentially a kind of player, a, a kind of bigger price for you? Yeah, we've, we've seen um, third time lucky come out and, and put in like a, a really visually impressive performance. You can question what you beat, but. It done it, Cheltenham. That'll effectively be course and distance. Um, his jump was a lot better than, than like, say, All Mankind's was at that stage last season. Um, yeah. it, it was very impressive. Harry Skelton tried to restrain him, just let him bowl on, and, and he certainly wasn't stopping. There was no, no signs of tiredness. And the time, I think, it was 3.51, which is pretty good. Um, the, the initial quarter of 21 was quite big. This season now, any 14s, which is probably reasonable but he is clearly going to be Britain's two-mile hope with Arkle at the moment you know we particularly think Dussart's going to go up and trip and still Jake he'll go over fences it's, it's, it's up there I think I think he will I think that's I think that's the plan I'm not 100% sure but I, I do think that's the plan he might be more of a marsh horse and then that, that does look like Bob Owens or Division anyway so yeah Maybe you maybe you are more inclined to run it two miles or, or skip it altogether and go to entry. I don't know what they'll do, but um, yeah, third time lucky of a chance. Mister Coffee could improve a lot over fences and a you know, dream run for Nicky Henderson. He might even be a Grand Daniel horse if they don't the handicapper. Um, and you know, Fernie Hall is certainly a flying ointment for appreciated fans in the two mile division. So they'll, they'll be the four they'll be looking for. Um, a one at a wild price is Magic Days of Henry de Bromheads. That's the one I've got as well. That's, that's she she didn't see it out in her chasing debut over an extended two mile two, and I think it was a trip that kind of kind of got her. But she was really headstrong in the mayor's novices hurdle and did really well to plug on for third. I just yeah. think a bang two miles around Cheltenham can, can suit her down to the ground. Um, Henry de Bromhead can improve horses, you know, for fences. Really well in his year. Notebook sizing Europe, classic example. So, yeah, yeah, she could be 
be a threat. She'll get, she'll get allowances as well. And she, she won't go to the mayor's chase because she won't stay two and a half miles. Yeah, there's one I've written down as well, but I've just saw the before we come on that he's entered in a hurdle, so I don't think that he's going to go chasing. Boot Hill for Harry Fry. He was very, very impressive in a, a maiden hurdle. And he beat Bothwell Bridge in a bumper, who's a horse that Henderson has serious hopes for over fences. So I was thinking about him, but the, the, the thing they're going hurdles, so I don't think he could potentially be a chaser. I'm surprised Galaxios hasn't gone over fences because he just looked an outright chaser to me. Yeah, that, that's why I thought maybe because it's a four-year-old turning five, they don't want to do that and give him an extra year. Um, or, my, or my outlandish theory of Henry de Bromhead just wants a guaranteed true pace for Honeysuckle in the, in the champion hurdle and him and Aspar Tower will provide it and that, that that wipes out the turn of foot threat and slow pace that could, it's the only thing that I can see Honeysuckle getting beat in a champion hurdle in that way. Um, I think Boothill might also want a bit of a trip as well. I think two mile might be a bit skinny for him. We will move on to talking about the, the master vision and it looks as if it's going to be headlined by the one of the best horses I've I have ever picked. I'm bullish about that. I'm still mm. telling everybody about that. Bob Ollinger, machine in the, the Ballymore. It was a stacked Ballymore, Brave Man's Game, who's went on to to do well in a, a novice chase. Gallagher Manil, I know you you spoke about him earlier on in the show. Bob Ollinger just looks a, a monster, doesn't he? He just looks to have everything you want in a, a chaser. Oh, yeah, he looks like complete packages as long as he transfers that huddle form into fences, maybe even improve for it. He's, it's going to be very hard to oppose wherever he goes. Yeah, definitely. I don't think Bob Ollinger's going to be... I think he's going to be very hard to stop in that race. My Drogo looks to be the best of the British. Obviously, he was very impressive at Aintree over hurdles. Looks a chaser. Potential kind of threat to Bob Ollinger in that division? Potentially, yeah. He shaped quite well, um, but he did skip Cheltenham like you know I think Mon Morale was the best juvenile hurdler around he skipped Cheltenham yeah. he could be a potential champion hurdler but then you've got to answer the, the Cheltenham question with these these younger horses and and whether they'll whether they'll compete with it with the really best that were that were there of, of Ireland at Bressway Park is another thing he's, he's also a bit probably a bit short enough I do think this is his likely trip could go for the three miler I suppose and wouldn't be beyond them but yeah, I would. I would like to see him do. I would like to see him, let's see, running like the Dipper or something, uh, and answer the Cheltenham question. It shouldn't be a problem, you know. I mean, he he does look like a horse that can act anywhere. Um, so he's, yeah, he he's he's certainly the obvious British threat, isn't he? I mean, Dusart could do it maybe. Um, I thought Craig Nish ran really well in the Coral Cup. Yeah. He's going over fences. He could um, might be one for the for the three miler as well, but. Two and a half mile, or you'd imagine he'd start there, and if it was impressive enough, they might, they might keep him, keep him at that trip. So there are a few alternatives, but yeah, it's hard, it's hard to really look past Bob Ollinger at this point. Yeah, Bob Ollinger looks to be a, a kind of probably the the kind of best value bet of the, the week already. Kind of sitting about seventy two, but we'll move into the the, the three mile division. Obviously, Brave Man's Games came out and done really well, beat Fuzzle Raffles in the big breakaway. Galloping Deschamps, who obviously we both really like and we both kind of spoke about in the show previously. That could be a good duel. Is there anything kind of in that three-mile division you like? I really like Galloping Deschamps if he goes here. Um, it does seem about 80-20 that he will. Um, by all the murmurings, he will go over fences. The Martin Pike background uh, gets comparisons to Don Pauly and won it with... Uh, Collective, Collective Vic, I think, won the Mark Pate. I mean, all 
Willie Mullins is. Yeah, Sub the Shorms one as well, yeah. Sub the Shorms. It is the type of horse that you'd be looking for for yeah. for Fessel novices. I do have a bit of twenty one. He's the only bet I've had in the whole the whole channel in twenty twenty two, and I'm pretty pleased with it because I do think you beat Brave Man's game um, at the moment. <laughs> Brave Man's game, I think, is still a bit of a hype horse. Although he, he did he did take to, to fences really well in his debut, so he's obviously going to improve for that. And the Ballymore is strong form, so yeah. he will he will need respected for sure. But um, yeah, I think Galpin to Shop could could potentially be quite special, uh, a la Monkfish mould. Yeah, I'm kind of keen to see Galpin to Shop out as well. We're touching about him a bit more in Brave Man's game so far. Brave Man game performance next week on the this first recap we do. But obviously, we're going to move into five horses to follow. So five horses each that we think could take the, the jump season by storm. So, Carl, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll leave it up to you. What do you want to do? I will... I'll, Go first if you want. Obviously, I've got a few written down here. The first one I've got down is a horse for David Pike to finish end of the Triumph Hurdle. I think Adagio could potentially be a good horse for staying over hurdles. I was hoping he'd go over fences, but it looks as if he's going to stick over hurdles. I think there's maybe even a chance he could line up in a couple of weeks. He could be potentially... I know Mon Morrill looks to be the best UK juvenile last year, but he was very, very good in that Triumph Hurdle. We finished second. He kind of stayed with Calexios for a lot of the way and just get beaten on the day with a better horse. The third in that race as well, Hoton Kalur. I'm not he's not one of my five to follow, but he could be he could improve. I think they're going to stay over hurdles with him. I've not heard enough to say that he won't, but he could be a potential takeaway from that race. I really like Angel's Breath. I was mm. hoping he would turn up last year in a kind of Ryanair, but obviously injuries. If he was to get back to anywhere near what he was in that, I think it was a really good chase he won last year before he was out injured. I really, really like him. I really like Angel's Breath. I thought it was I thought it was just right. a bit too young for the Supreme when he was in it. I thought he just get there was a he was a kind of hype horse, but he improved so much for a fence. He looked so much better when he, he went to bigger obstacles. So I've got Angel's Breath written down. I have went for Hebrisco for Willie Mullins for a, a kind of rich Richie horse for the, the Supreme. It's got the same background as the likes of Duvan and Batur, who obviously won that race. Big purchase for the Richies. Looked to be a really, really good horse in France. I think he won one hurdle really, really comfortably. He looked really impressive. I'm waiting to see what will happen to him. But as you say, Willie Mullins has a stacked division in the novice hurdle. So he could potentially be, even if they don't kind of get as much out of him, a county hurdle horse, follow the similar path, like Saganapathy last year. Fourth one, I have got Garth Dessau, who could be a very, very exciting chaser. He won a maiden hurdle very, very well. And the second in that race won very well a couple of weeks ago in Fontwell. He's seen that. So he could be a very exciting horse. I'm hoping the, the Elliots go the National Hunt chase direction with him. I think he could be very good. My fifth horse is She Wears It Well. I know I tipped her up last year for the Mayor's Novice, but if she was to improve and be as good, she didn't run at Cheltenham last year, obviously she was injured, but I think she could be very, very good. And I think that's a division crying out for a star. So I've got she wears it well there. So that is my five horses to follow. Callum, who you got for your five horses? Uh, first one, flying flag for Scotland. Ahoy, senor. Uh, if, if Brave Man's game is seven to one for Vessel Novice's chase, why is the horse it beaten by seven lengths at entry twenty-five to one? Yeah. Is it because it's trained in Scotland? Possibly. But uh, I actually went to air to watch a Stuart Crawford horse that day. And they know you weren't allowed in COVID, so I had to join the car park. It's an odds-on favourite, and, uh, and he was beaten. By a 16 to one shot in, the, in his maiden called the Hoy Senor. 
and he went to the grade one, one the seven lengths at sixty sixes, and there was certainly no flick about it. And he yeah, dominated from the front, bossed it. Maybe some of them are feeling the effects of a long season, and he was fresh, and that flatters him a little bit. But he has a point-to-point background as well, so he's certainly going over a fence. Um, he might start out Sunday at Carlisle and Colin Parker over two and a half mile. That looks on the short side to me. Um, and it, but if he's got the class to overcome that, then I think the owners will be keen. The owners will certainly be keen to go to Shelton this time around. The owners are allowed to go in. Uh, unlike Aintree last year, the, the timings of that as well, I think, put off a lot of British owners. So I, th- I think he's, he's certainly one that's worth monitoring at 25s, 22s, 25s, given what Griezmann game's three times short. I know he'd get a more fashionable trainer, perhaps, and yeah. we've seen him jump a fence, but um, hoisting Gordon comparison to him is, is way too big. Um, another one is Doddy the Great. You, you know, we've touched on before, but yeah. you, know, you, you just won at Ludlow and Huntington bumpers in, in really gritty fashion. Um, particularly the one at Huntington in, in a, under a penalty. Um, and that, that's quite hard to do. Um, and I, th- I think Nicky Henderson did not get a clear run with a lot of these juveniles. And the ones that he did um, could also improve quite significantly as well. So I think that does show if he's got a really likeable attitude. I think he's certainly worth following. It's also a great story as well. You know, Doddy Weir. Uh, raising money for the MND Foundation yeah. and stuff like that. And you can certainly improve as well. Um, third one is a bit left field. Her indoors for Alan King. She was mid-division in Fred Winter. It was just a bit too much of a hustle and bustle for her at that stage. It was, it was quite a... She, she did show a bit of promise to kind of fade out of it and get bumped about. It was a bit of a messy race. The one by Jeff Kidder at 80-1, of course. So, I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous odds. She was also poorly positioned that day. But the following month, she came out and, and won a really kind of nice grade three uh, listed juvenile filly race. Um, beat Scholastic of Joseph O'Brien's by two lengths. Uh, did it quite well. Uh, and that was at Cheltenham. She's had a little flat run um, last month that should get her fit. That was at Nottingham. That should keep her fit for her assignment of Weatherby this weekend. Actually, 61, I kind of. A similar kind of Phillies handicap race that she might win, and she's also in the great with it 20 to 1, which Alan King has a really good record in. Yeah, and off a mark of like 133, I think that's certainly within her compass. I think she's got a lot of, a lot more to come. And you know, 21 for the great with that, that will not that'll not be there if she if she utilizes her race, race fitness to the proper effect in a, in a good, good little race at Weatherby, a good listed race there. So I think she's one to fall. I think she can pair away this season quite well. Fourth is Dark Raven with Willie Mullins. And then this is just a visual thing. But I do need, oh, do need an Irish an Irish representative in the five. It's so visually impressive at Leperstown Fairy House. Came from the back, just hot knife through butter material. Um, but he still hit the line really strongly. And he still charged like lengths and lengths clear. He still galloped on. You know, he wasn't like idle or inexperienced up front. You know, looking around, he was still focusing the job and hit the line like really, really hard and he, he could be certainly anything between two, two and a half miles, you'd think. Um, he could take high rank. I mean, it, I know a lot of people talk about Willie Mullins' bumper, also like when co-creates Stoke Gerhard, for instance, but I do not think he's that far behind. Yeah, um, it, looked, it looked really good. Visual, visually impressive, it looked really good. For me, the Munich, the double green Munich on Swede yeah. uh, options. 
the fifth one really is the outsider. <laughs> it's Cormier of Brian Ellison's okay. uh, five-year-old. Um, he really caught my eye in the world champion hurdle this year. I mean, he was fourth, faded out of it, three out. He was absolutely canting. He was going the best of them all. thought he was going to win, but he just blew up um, a, a little bit of a break from, from a, a flat campaign as well. Did about five or six runs there that season. And, and maybe just kind of, just tied up towards the end. He's really kind of small, scrawny thing as a four-year-old when he ran the Great Wood last year. And he was seventh of 14. Um, but he, he did look to have strengthened up. He didn't quite see it out as well as expected the world champion held but he'd been dropped a pound for that to 132. Now when he was uh, in the Great Wood last year, he was off 136. And he's, he's only a four-year-old and it's quite a strong renewal that, that year. Now he's 132, he's got a chance in that. Um, he's been kept fit in the flat and his second at Haydock in the Swinton Hurdle reads really well behind a horse called Coppolis of Ollie Murphy's who he really thinks is it. Very good grand annual and county huddle type, sorry. But uh, the third was Camperons, and he's won at Cheltenham subsequently, and he won the Persian War at Chepstow earlier on in the campaign. And you know, Cormier's weight pool with there is it's quite quite significant now. Yeah. Um, if, if he gets a run, if he gets in, he's 33 to 1 for the Great Wood Huddle right now. Um, Elson won the race with a five year old called Nietzsche in the exact same ownership. Uh, off really bottom weight and Danny McMenamin was on board. Um, I do think that this could be a long-term plan. Um, maybe the World Champion Hurdle run where he, to my eye, he did look like he just blew up towards the end and he needed it. It took a blow. If he can come on markedly for fitness there, um, you know, maybe he could, he's really one to watch out for that big, big price in, in that race. But if, if he gets in off 132, because he's, he's going to be running off £4 less than he was last year and he's a year yeah. older. It's not, a, it's not a four-year-old anymore, so I'd imagine he'd be a year stronger. He'd, he'd be much improved. Brilliant. Brilliant five horses. The other horses we're going to keep more notepad for this season. We're going to open the floor up. We've got a few fan questions to ask, the, ask Callum about the, the season ahead. Does the Cheltenham Festival accept too much for the season for, for trainers? For trainers, uh, probably it does. Do um, you think, obviously, I know this is, is probably... To, is this to do with the... How well Nichols horses did at entry a few weeks after, likes of Clan de Zobo, Mon Morale. We saw obviously a lot of good horses at Nichols doing well that weekend. Yeah, and he tends to specialise at Kempton as well. But he did have Clan de Obo that went over at Punchestown and win. Yeah. Frodon's going to be running it down Royal on Saturday, so maybe there are more options. The owners, I think the owners as well was another thing of it was going to be quite clear that. There wasn't going to be anyone at Cheltenham at all. It was going to be behind closed doors. But there was a there was a good chance that entry you get there. So I mean, like like Sir Alex could go and, and see Hitman and well, protect her at and with Dan Skelton and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, th that might have made a big difference to them that they could well could actually attend entry. They're not going to really take in both, are you? Um, some of you, I suppose some of the times you can, but I think that that might have been a big a big difference maker as well and. Kempton and Aintree are so far removed from Cheltenham as well that it, it does really take a specialist specialist horse. And we've seen it all mankind as well. Um, mm -hmm. Wins at air easily, Aintree, and can run well at Cheltenham, but it's not his, it's not his track, it's not his best form. Clan Dobo as well is, a, is, a, is, a, is another classic example. And you can associate Dan Skelton and Paul Nichols' horses as 
Kempton Aintree mm. flat track bullies. Um, Shan Blue trying to dominate that uh, Mars as well, and it just doesn't work. Um, it's it's just a little bit it's a little bit tougher and deeper. Than the, the undulations of the track is, is also a bit unique. So yeah, I, th- I think I think trainers trainers target the race to think the horse has got the best chance and most suitable for the horse. And, and sometimes it's just not Cheltenham. Yeah, definitely. Will anyone challenge Paul Nichols in the UK and Willie Mullins in Ireland to be top trainer? Uh, probably not. Um, the Willie Mullins will start a little bit later than normal, I think. So maybe Henry de Bromhead could nick a little bit of a head start and have a bit of depth. But the sheer strength and depth Willie Mullins has, I think he's completely, he's, he's more likely that he's completely out of reach. Um, but I think he's, he's well clear there. I think Paul Nichols. The way he does operate outside Cheltenham as well, and big handicaps and strength and depth he has, I think he's got more horses than Nicky Henderson. So even if Nicky Henderson does have a really good year, the likes of Shishkin and his Chantry House dominate, they can get a lot of prize money out of it. But just think across the board, I think um, Paul Nichols probably a bit more depth, and and Dan Skelton as well. Probably the three that you'd, that you'd certainly look at. Uh, it's hard to see beyond the reigning champs at the moment, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't see anybody catching Willie Mullins with the strength and depth he has. And I just think Paul Nichols takes advantage of the, the grades, the grade two, grade threes that you, that can all, they all mount up, don't they? And they, I, I think they're just stacked and they, they kind of races. This is for both of us. If you had one horse to back the whole season in one race, what would it be? I've got a very specific one, but I'll let you go first. Uh, I'll keep it simple um, I'm not going to be not not a horse that's too short but what, what you want right now is a horse that's, gonna, that's pretty much nailed on to turn up and guaranteed to run its race and it's, it's telling me something girl in the mayor's huddle right okay um, 8 to 1 she won the mayor's novice easily she looks open to, to much of improvement so I, I don't really see a, a graduate from the novice couple of beating her uh, again Echoes and Rain could be more of a two-miler. Black Tears has now retired, and she outstayed Concertista. So maybe Willie Mullins will think, well, should I drop Concertista back to two miles yeah. as well? Um, I can't have Stormy Island. Uh, no, I mean, well, Stormy Island thinks they'll soon this um, WKD hurdle, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. So we might find out more about her, but Stormy Island's been well held in, the, in these editions yeah. in the past. Um, tell me something else, a new the new girl on the block and Henry de Bromhead's you know record like we're gonna work backwards from the mayor's huddle. So you know it's gonna be a target. You know she actually in Cheltenham even though it's old course, she's young, she's gonna improve. And she's not she's not like a, a 74, 21, even 41 poke, you know, she's mm-hmm. she's eight. I mean if you're a hefty each way player and convinced it should be there, it's hard to see her be completely at the frame because she, I mean I really think the only way you can get honeysuckle beat is if you if you try and try and run levels well. Um, so Willie Mullins might might be tempted to. There was made what Galwa coming through. Hook up can't jump. I really are scratching the surface. I don't think there's much in Britain she wears in, it that, well. in that division. Yeah, she wears it well to come back. That, that that could be the one. Um, but again, back for injury. Uh, I know that's. that's so I think. That's I think. A... I think. Out, out the top, out the leading containers of that market, I think. Tell me something, girl. 
eight to one really really solid I think, I think she should probably be sixes or sevens my I've got one obviously for Cheltenham I just don't see how LMA loses the Mayor's Chase I think she's even better when you look at how how well the, the race went last year Cole Reavy just outbattled her in the day and just put in something else but I think you gain more respect for LMA when you see how well Cole Reavy won that race against Monkfish she was outstanding that day and just the fact that there's nothing really coming through Mount Ida's the only one I can see maybe been better but she's I don't think she's in the same class as LMA and I think LMA is hard to beat. My, I've got another one and I've got your thoughts on this. Royal Pagai, Betfair Chase. If it turns into a slog, I think Royal Pagai is the bet of the year in that race. I think 72. I think that's, Apotard they're talking about going. Apotard I think might just need the run. I don't think, I think he'll be better for the run. Bristol Demai, again, we know what he does, but Royal Pagai in that race, I think could be, that could be tailor-made for a, a horse like him. Be if it's a monsoon, yeah. I think it usually is. Hey, Doc's usually very wet that day. Yeah, I think the last three have been running good to soft, I'm afraid. So mm, that could be good. Yeah, but I think I had a dry, dry champion's day, didn't they? I don't know. Aye. If it turns yeah. up really, really soft in the day, Royal Pagai for the Nast- for the Betfair Chase could be one of the, the bets of the year for me. We are going to obviously just wrap up the show there. We've got a couple of wee things just to go before we, we wrap up. Exciting weekend, the first kind of real weekend of the season. Whether be ask it down royal, have you any selections for that? The upcoming racing this weekend, uh, nothing concrete, but a few ideas. Um, Friday down royal, WKD hurdle. Tia Hoopoo could run a big race, mm-hmm. uh, he's been slightly forgotten about Gordon Elliott. If you saw John to beat Jeff Kidder, who's beaten three lengths, uh, I think Jeff Kidder's going to reappose. I think him, Zana here, and Tia Hoopoo. It's Probably going to be between. Going, I think he's been ruled out. Uh, yeah, Quixios is ineligible. I think think something yeah. happened in France, uh, so he's not there. Um, Aspire Tower won it last year, so mm-hmm. been four year olds who kind of cash in in their weight allowance. Like yeah, Abacadabas, don't he? And Jeff Kell's got a penalty, so Tia Hoopu might be the one, the, the fresh one that might that might come in and rock the boat there. I think I think he might outpace Sana here. Zanny has an interesting horse. I'm quite fascinated how he develops after after running below par um, at Cheltenham and Tramp. Um, but I think Tia Hooper, I think he might get a decent price as well. He could be the outside the three as well. It doesn't really have that flashy um, profile as, as Jeff Kidd and Zanny here do, but he's, he's certainly not far away uh, on form. He does have a slight weight pull uh, with him. So I think, I think he might get a decent price with him on Friday. Uh, her indoors at Weather being 155 is about 6 to 1. She, she's got a race fitness advantage if she takes that engagement up um, and then going to the Great that, There's nothing in that race standing out to me at all. I think Marie's Rock's favourite. Yeah, I th- think it's very muddled. I, th- I do think. I saw her indoors. I think she's about fourth favourite at the moment yeah. in that field. And I thought, yeah, she'd probably be a bit, a bit higher up than that. But race fitness on her side. Uh, and the Charlie Hall. Uh, Surname is back the weird and wacky world of surname. Um, tough to take him on at evens, even though he won it last year really impressively, didn't he? But just the nature of the horse, just you cannot back him at evens, can you? Nah. Just bomb out, wouldn't he? So, I wouldn't I, give up on Master Tommy Tucker. I know he's a bit of a crazy yeah, jumper, but he could be. His jumping improved a bit last year, yeah. um, but I think he's quite old now, a bit long in the tooth. So I think Shan Blue might be the one there to take mm-hmm. advantage of that. Yeah, it's going to be a in the big handicap at Ascot, um, 
I'm hopefully that Tezans can come back to form this season. And they're another yard that's shown a little bit more promise. I think Mr. Malarkey does have a big good ground handicap in him. Yeah. He's about 16, 20, so you know, if there's any if there's any blue in the machine in him, then I'll be keeping a close eye on it. Um, yeah, that's just that's just four that have spotted at the moment, but long, 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 long way to go for that weekend. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna make a wee announcement as well on every Saturday morning I'm gonna have a wee column on my on our website where we can are tipping for the, the racing on Saturday and Sunday. So that's another wee thing just to keep a keep an eye on over the, the weekend. We'll obviously start that this Saturday. We're looking at the, the racing we've got upcoming. We are going to just explain how the format's going to work going forward. We're going to be on the channel every Wednesday from now until Cheltenham, just basically doing what we did last year, recapping, making anti-post packs, previewing the race and things like that. It's going to be another exciting year, Callum. We're looking forward to it, Yeah, we'll, we'll try our best. Definitely. <laughs> and try and, and de what's going on. Yeah, we're going to be back next week. We'll be back next Wednesday. We're going to do a full recap of horses that's caught our eye over the past few months make a first anti-post picks and basically preview everything that's going to go ahead. But thank you very much to Callum for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to get back up and running. Yeah, great. Back up and running. Brilliant. We're looking forward to the season ahead. And also big thanks to Gavin Lynch for joining us as a special guest this week. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to somebody by mind like Gavin. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much to everyone that tuned in. Please subscribe to our YouTube and podcast channels and follow us on social media for racing coverage throughout the year. And we hope you can join us for the rest of the year. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Cheers.